In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Yesterday, we were mourning the death of Christ, Jesus being crucified on the cross. We were mourning His passion. We're meditating, I hope, on His suffering that He endured. And today is obviously a very special day. Today is a day of joy. But to totally understand why we had to mourn yesterday and why we're joyful today, in order to understand all of this, we need to understand how we got here, how we got to the place of mourning on one day and being joyful on the other. What was the underlying purpose? Why did this all have to happen? What happened? That's a sort of better question. What happened to get us to be where we are right now? Why did Jesus have to die? Why did he resurrect? So on and so forth. This is death and resurrection. I'm gonna go into all the theological principles that go into uh, Jesus' death and resurrection, but I wanna touch on something that I think all of us could relate to today. And that is independence. That is the idea of thinking that we can actually do things apart from God. Why do I mention this? It's because the roots of sin, the root of why Jesus had to die on the cross, is because of that. Is because of man thinking that he can do something independently from God. Why do I say this? It's because that's what happened with Adam. That's what happened with Lucifer. That's what happened with anyone, historically speaking, that rejected God. The root of a lot of it was independence. Adam thought he was able to have the same mind as God. Adam thought he was able to save himself. He thought he could do that independently. Lucifer did the same thing. As an angel, angels obviously had a choice. One was to be obedient to God. The other was obviously the opposite, not to be obedient to God. And one of the reasons that caused Lucifer to be who he is now is because he thought he was able to do it himself. He thought the plan of God wasn't enough for God to take on flesh to save all of humanity. And the reason why I mention this is because this is deeply rooted, and I'll speak for myself first, inside of me and inside of a lot of people in this world. How does this come about on a sort of practical way? Well, one is thinking that, okay, God gave each and every one of us talents, and we might be good at some things that other people aren't. And we sort of get ahead of ourselves, thinking that, wow, for example, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm very good at this. Good, great. And then that sort of mindset, we take that a little further, thinking that, okay, I can probably do this on my own as well. And we start convincing ourselves that we amounted to the success that we have solely on our own. We got to where we are because we did it ourselves. And the more we convince ourselves of this, the more it overlaps to other things in our lives. Let's say we're successful people in business. That will start to overlap thinking that just because we think we could do that on, on our own, again, it's a sort of mysterious thing that we implement in our minds, we then start to think, for example, okay, maybe I can have a happy marriage on my own as well. 
and we think, it's just me, I can do this on my own. We can do this together, we don't need anyone else. That's a lot of the sort of propaganda that the world feeds us, that we can do things on our own. And the reason why that's so dangerous is because, like I said, that is a root cause of Jesus having to die on the cross and suffer as much as he did, is because humanity thought that they can do things separately from God. And this could start in a very small way and sort of evolve into something much bigger. And by the time we know it, at one point or another, we hit rock bottom. And then we come to realize that we cannot do it on our own. We cannot have a happy marriage on our own. And even if we're successful in life, we need to understand that we did not achieve that on our own. There's something else, there's someone else that was giving us the strength. There's someone else that gave us this talent to get to where we are. And today, as we're joyful in the resurrection of Christ, the heart of this gospel, and I sort of want to walk with Mary Magdalene in this gospel today, because she's the one that shows us what it truly means to understand that it is God who is the Lord of our lives. We are not the lords of our lives. We are not the ones who are able to be successful on our own. We are not the ones who can think that we can have a happy marriage on our own. We are not the ones who can think that we can get through this life in a sort of superficial, joyful way on our own. Christ is the one who guides us in our lives. And Mary Magdalene understood this. And the reason why I mention that is because out of all people Jesus was close to in his ministry. John the Beloved, Jesus loved him. He was his best friend. They were the closest people. He was the closest person to Jesus, John the Beloved. At the Last Supper, John rested his head on his chest, on Jesus' chest. St. Peter, he gave him the keys. He was the first pope. There were a lot of people that were close to Jesus, but why Mary Magdalene? Why was she the one who went to the tomb first? St. John tells us in this gospel today, while it was still, still early and it was still dark outside, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Why Mary Magdalene? One of the things that we can sort of conclude in this is that Mary Magdalene understood that it was Jesus that brought her back, gave her back her humanity, gave her back her image, gave her back the virtue that she had. It wasn't her on her own, because Mary Magdalene had a tough life. She had a very sinful life. She had a life that probably the majority of her life was apart from God. But one thing that sort of separated her from anyone else in Jesus's life is she knew that it was Jesus behind all of the success that she had in her life. She knew that it was Jesus who changed her. She did not change herself. It was Jesus behind everything in her life. And that's why even until the end, even until his death, she was the one that stood at the tomb weeping. And she was the one that understood this reality. And the reason why I mention this is because we have two choices. We sort of have a fork in the road. We either, you know, come to Mass this Easter, celebrate with our families, 
treat it as any other ordinary Easter that we have every year and sort of move on with our lives. That's sort of one way to go about it. The other way is really to think about how much credit do we give Christ in our lives? And if we do, it's one thing to say, okay, God, you gave me everything, thank you, God. It's very simple to give thanksgiving to God in that way. But it's another thing to show it through our actions, like Mary Magdalene did. Mary Magdalene wasn't thankful, and she didn't come to this understanding after Jesus died and just stayed home in a sort of idle way. She did something about it. She went to the tomb. She was searching for Christ in her life, even after the fact, even when her life seemed very dark, even when she was weeping, she was searching for Christ. And today, brothers and sisters, Jesus does the same thing for us. He sort of wakes us up today and helps us understand that it is Christ, through his grace, where we achieve greatness, where we grow in virtue, where we become these truly children of Christ. And the reward for all of this, we might think, okay, and then what? What's the sort of end of this? Well, it's at the end of this gospel today. As Mary was searching, as much as she knew, her heart was burning because she knew that Jesus was the one who gave her everything in her life. At the end, the reward is her recognizing Jesus when he says her name and Jesus calling Mary by her name, calling Mary Magdalene by her name. And that's exactly when she recognized him. It says she thought he was a gardener, she didn't really recognize him, until he said her very name, Mary. And she said in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus calls us by our names today, brothers and sisters, each and every one of us. And it's our choice whether we want to respond to this call that Jesus gives us. And we want to understand that he is the focal point of our lives. He's the Lord of our lives. And he's the one, through his resurrection, who gives us hope, who gives us, at the end of the day, peace, no matter how difficult our lives may be. At the end of the day, it is Jesus who gives us his hope. And that's why, although Mary was weeping, that she couldn't find Christ. She was still standing. And for John, that was enough for her to continue to have the confidence that Christ gave her. Amen.